You're listening to the Animation in Progress podcast, episode 10. And I'll be talking to the VFX artist known as Soft Distortion of Collab Unlimited and a regular CG Society collaborative project thread contributor. Uh, but first, a quick status update for Devils, Angels and Dating. So we've been going really well. Uh, we're about 23% through the animation process. And we recently had a meeting to figure out a time schedule in order to get the teaser uh, done on a reasonable schedule over the next three months. Uh, one of the first things we had to address was figuring out how to get all the assets completed because most of the assets are needed even for just the uh, 25-odd shots we need for the teaser trailer. And uh, fortunately, most of the work on the assets has been done. It's just one or two of them have been dragging on for a few months and have been not quite 100% finished. So um, I got together with Shane and Kurt, who are both uh, local to Austin, and we figured out how we'd split up and reassign the assets in order to get them finished. So it was mostly things like Kurt was going to address some of the textures and shaders and stuff like that, um, and I'd be helping him out with those. And Shane was going to do one new model that we had to make. And um, is taking a look at the Cupid wings in order to get the rig for those finished off and production ready. Um, and that was mostly it. There really wasn't a lot left. Other than that, Kurt and I are going to get together at some point to blast through all the shaders on all the assets in order to bring them all in line. Because at the moment, they're kind of everybody's done their shaders in very different ways and not necessarily in line with one big global plan. So uh, Shin and I will get together in order to sort all of that out. Sorry, Kurt and I will get back together for that. Um, you may have noticed uh, or heard from Shane, who's going to, who's been helping us as a production coordinator. And essentially, that just kind of means for now that he might be chasing up on a few people, finding out about what's going on with tasks that have been dragging on for a while. Or he might even help with assigning shots and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and we'll probably get together as well in order to go through files, um, opening them up, checking that everybody's doing things correctly. Uh, one of the most common things is that uh, people don't necessarily set up their folder structure in the right way or they're on a Macintosh and uh, all the assets get pointed to different locations. And it's just quicker to catch that stuff earlier than later because uh, it can get a bit messy. So we're probably going to go through a load of files, opening them up, making sure that everybody's doing okay. In fact, I spent all day yesterday doing kind of similar stuff to that anyway. I was trying to final shots and figure out what was completely finished and ready to um, say it's final. Um, so I was just going through all the shots that I'd put down as like 95%, opening them all up, making sure everything it was okay, cleaning some stuff out and tidying a few bits and pieces up and, and occasionally changing the cameras and things like that in order to make them fit in better into the edit. But we got through a good amount of stuff yesterday and that was quite handy. Um, one of the things that re happened recently was that I put out a version of the edit with some changes. They're not really story changes, but they were changes in the edit and some new additions uh, that should hopefully make it clearer and tighter. So one of the things that I did where we started to roll out is giving names to the Little Peep characters because it just clarifies that one's male and one's female and also makes it, gives you a connection and makes you realize that they're human beings and that, that, that they're connected to human beings down on Earth. For now, we've been putting team members' names in there um, for a laugh. I don't, I don't know whether that will stay that way or not. Um, we have some other ideas about how we might use the uh, names to help us with funding. Then another thing we did was I added in a new section where um, it pans down from the tubes on coming out of the sphere right the way through the clouds and reveals that those tubes are connected to people down on Earth. So again, something to reinforce uh, the idea that what the characters are doing up in the heavens is, is controlling the people down on Earth. And they may be these little signals moving up and down the pipes to give that impression. So that was a couple of new assets that had to be made. But fortunately, that's not in the teaser, so it wasn't top priority. Um, it has been included in the edit, though, for clarity's sake now. We also, one big section, the part that I, was bugging me for a really long time, actually, was the section where just before Death had to fire her wand, it had never been 
to my mind, satisfactory, her thought process and why she did that. And then it had been bugging me for months and months and months. And when I figured out that what all I had to do was tighten it up, as in instead of having her see devil do his bad thing and then threaten him and then back down and then get bigger and threaten and fire the wand. Instead, what I did was I just tightened that whole area up. And as soon as he does something bad, she immediately goes to do something bad back to him. And so she rises up into the air and she's about to fire her wand. And she basically essentially presses the button so it's ready to go. And then the devil bursts into tears and she realizes that that wasn't what he intended to do and that that was not his nature. And so she redirects the beam that she's already started uh, away from there and towards the the peeps and so because it all happens in a quicker action it doesn't look like she had to make a conscious effort to not fire at the devil it just kind of happened at the last moment and it's much tighter because of that it, it allowed me to pull out several other shots that had been there just to try and push and build the tension that are now no longer necessary so i managed to pull out i don't know i think it was about four or five seconds from that section so that was good i also i've also gone through uh as i said yesterday i went through a lot of shots tweaking cameras and things mostly just to help build tension in certain areas and lead the, the eye around in other areas and there's quite a lot more work to be done on that one other thing i, I did was uh there was a shot that uh, snezana has been working on uh where the devil turns around and looks behind him and sees all these gravestones as a reminder that those gravestones are all his predecessors so essentially that hadn't been, been clear up to this point because the play blast that was in the edit wasn't really showing the gravestones very clearly so i went into there tweaked the camera a little bit and uh, made sure that it was obvious we were looking at the gravestones in that shot uh, there's quite a few shots actually where what what was happening was that the play blasts that were being put up were focused entirely on the piece of animation the animator was doing but they weren't including the elements that we needed in that play blast in order to make the story clear so when somebody would come to the project new and watch the animatic, it wasn't clear because we didn't have everything in the shot that we needed. So I'd like to encourage all the animators when they do their play blast to just switch on all those other little elements that were originally there when they first opened the layout so that we aren't putting up play blasts that aren't clear to a new person that's looking at the animatic. Anyway, on to uh, the main feature, which is uh, <laughs> Soft Distortion uh, was interviewing me for his uh, new website, Collab Unlimited. Actually, one of the questions he asked me uh, was, what do you recommend to, to new team leaders wanting to start a, a project up? And something that occurred to me afterwards um, that I didn't say in the interview was that probably the smartest thing you could do, if you think you're going to start a project where you want to recruit lots of other animators and get going like that probably the smartest thing to do early on while you're still thinking about the idea for what the film is is to go to something like the 11 second club and make a commitment to give constructive feedback to at least 10 or 12 different animators seven days a week for maybe two or three months and see how it goes because if you find that you can't make that commitment and you can't give constructive feedback repeatedly to the same animators, even when they failed to follow up on the feedback you gave them the day before and you, and you need to explain it again to them, if you can't do that and do it to that level after a couple of months, if you've given up on it, then there's a very good chance that you won't really enjoy the process of running an entire film. So I would just suggest doing something like that because... It might sound like a huge commitment, and it is, and that's the point. But the point is, after two months, if you still are enthusiastic about making your film, then great, you know you're going to be capable of it. But if after two months you peter out and you find yourself being lazy and you can't quite give everybody the feedback that they require, then you're going to essentially have saved yourself two years' worth of pre-production. Anyway, so that was just a thought on that. So on to the interview with Soft Distortion. What would you say made you start uh, your project? What was your motivation and what goals did you have with it? 
Oh dear. Um, I guess at some point um, I was looking at all the stuff that I'd done over the last 10 years um, for games, companies, commercials, film, all that kind of stuff. And it was always uh, working on somebody else's ideas. And it had been a really long time since I'd actually made my own short film uh, back in my student days. And I kind of want to recapture that. So I had some ideas I wanted to work on, and I was trying to figure out the best ones to work on. And, and I just spent some time trying to pare them down, get them into something that uh, was achievable. And then when I got to a point where it was achievable, I felt like it was time to sort of do something on the side that was kind of my baby, so to speak. Um, and, and more than that, it was after 10 years of having a lot of different areas to showcase my skills in, I, I feel, figured I wanted one project to put all my skills into. Um, because it's very hard to show somebody that you can do lots of different things by saying, look at this and this and this and this. And the portfolio becomes huge. In a way, it was easy to sort of say, well, here's one film. And I did all these different roles on this one film. So what roles are you actually doing on this project? Um, well, mostly the only thing I knew I couldn't do was the modeling and texturing. So uh, in some, some capacity, I've done pretty much everything else. I wrote it designed the characters, st did most of the storyboarding, all the editing. I did a lot of temp sound before I got uh, a couple of sound guys to help me out with that. I'm animating it at the moment. Uh, I've uh, supervised pretty much every other step, even the parts that um, I'm not necessarily the top dog at. So, for example, modeling. Um, I had to supervise the modeling, despite not being a modeler myself, which is a tricky task. Um, and same, fortunately, texturing, uh, we, we keep it fairly, looking fairly clean and simple. So there wasn't too, anything too compli complicated to do with the texturing. But um, yeah, basically, I've supervised the whole thing, produced the whole thing, promoted the whole thing, recruited for it all and all that kind of stuff. Good. Okay. So that's a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, what, so basically, I guess the, the main motivation then is you kind of wanted something that was enjoyable for yourself to do, but then also mainly to be a showcase for your professional skills. Yeah, well, one of the other attitudes I have towards it these days is that um, you kind of you have aspirations to uh, for where you want to get in your career and everything, but at, at the end of the day, if you're if you frequently find yourself on jobs where you're only doing a small aspect of what you really enjoy the most um then it means that in life you're not doing the things that you really want to do so i thought well at the very least if i do this as my hobby as well then i'm always achieving something in life that i want to do and so at a later point in life i'll be able to look back and say hey i did all those things that i wanted to do regardless of whether i got paid for it or not so you could just say i'm doing it as a hobby because i enjoy it Okay, well, that's probably the best reason to start, and that uh, would help you to keep going. Yeah. Um, so you're you're working at a an anim as an animator right now. Is that am I understanding that correctly? You mean on my day job? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a lead animator for a game studio. The kind of stuff I'm working on is confidential, so I can't just talk about any of it. Oh no, that's fine. I, w I wasn't. Uh... No, that's fine. <laughs> I, mainly, uh, the reason I was asking was I'm just I'm just trying to get an idea for others to gauge uh, what kind of energy and time they're going to have to put into this. So you're working a full-time job. So can you can you give uh, the listeners an idea of what kind of schedule you have to try to maintain this project to keep it moving forward? Wow, I wish I had a proper schedule. But <laughs> uh, fortunately, one good thing about the job is that it's steady hours. At one point earlier on, I was doing freelance work where I would be, I would take bigger gaps or and then suddenly work really long hours. And I found that wasn't very effective for me to actually get much done. You, there might be an opportunity to sit down for a while and, and blitz through some character design, but then suddenly you have to drop everything and... I wasn't getting a steady flow of work into the project. Uh, but this, this job's much better because even though I'm busy you know, five days a week, uh, nine till six, at the end of the day, I have regular hours outside of work. And it's good to know that you have certain hours available to you to work on this kind of stuff. So generally speaking, I try to put aside 
say, maybe a third of my evenings and, if at all possible, one weekend day to work on things. It never quite works out to that. I mean, it sort of averages that. It sort of depends. My girlfriend has a job that with variable hours, so it depends. If she's working weekends or something, then I find that I've got a bit more time to work on the film. Right. And I just juggle things backwards and forwards like that. And fortunately, I live quite close to uh, work as well, so I can actually dash home and do a little bit at lunchtime sometimes as well. So on average, what would you say you're putting in hours-wise per week on the project? That's really hard to put down, really, because the funny thing is it's easy to measure when you sit down for big chunks of time to do a piece of animation or something. But actually, I spend more of my time managing the project than I get to actually sit down and do any any of the actual in Maya work right well I guess that's sort of what I'm what I'm asking like uh, I'm not considering just mm-hmm. one aspect but because you're, you're covering a whole bunch of aspects plus you're the director yeah it's really difficult to put down the actual hours purely because uh, more often than not you spend a lot of time just kind of um, putting in five minutes here to give someone some feedback and then five minutes here and five minutes there so it sort of it adds up to quite a lot I would guess in the end yeah. Um, you do find, like I, I noticed you, you mentioned you had something like 200 contributors. Is that accurate? Uh, we have over 200 people who have signed up for the project. Okay. Um, but so, really, really, that's a little bit like saying how many people have applied for a job somewhere because not everybody has had anything to do with the project, really. Um, well, what, what's your actual numbers, would you say, that you're managing? Again, if it was a studio, it's easy to see how many people you've got sat on chairs. But because uh, we're all volunteers and we're all putting in variable amounts of time, it's hard to pin down. But what I've been saying is that we've got about 25 people assigned to shots at the moment and a handful of uh, generalists supporting them and doing rigging changes and a couple of little bits of modeling and stuff going on on the side as well. But out of those 25 people that are assigned to shots at any given time some of them might have to have stopped and do to do some freelance work uh, while others will be working full-time on it or or just on evenings so it's really hard to actually pin down because if you say i've got 25 animators that doesn't mean to say they're all working x number of hours a week it could be that you're only getting an average of you know a couple of hours every couple of weeks out of some of them and uh, others are unemployed, perhaps, and working on it every day. Right. So out of that number applied, you're getting maybe one out of ten that's actually joining the project and and producing something, is what you're saying. Well, the other thing, of course, is when they're working on it, because a lot of that out of those 200 people that are signed up um, have done some work in the past and have now moved on. And and that's completely expected because what will more often than not happen is that somebody just joins up with the project. They say they have these skills and they'd like to do this and this and this. And then I might approach them and say, "Okay, well, we need to do some modeling. Are you interested in doing this? They, They might just do that model and then move on. And, and they got their little bit for their portfolio and um, the project keeps moving on. And in a way, it means that the team is evolving constantly uh, and some people are leaving the team as other people are joining the team. So how, how long have you actually been running the project with that, with that uh, size uh, um, of a team on it? See, we have, uh, I kind of – I was – toying with story ideas and character designs from a couple of years back but strictly speaking we kind of went into uh the online collaborative team project uh about january february 2009 okay um it sort of it started with a couple of threads uh i tried to put one on cg society um was that, was that when you were starting when because i remember seeing that when it first came you first posted. yeah um First time I actually put it on there, I, I think I I had a new profile because my old one had corrupted and I hadn't posted enough, so they took it down. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I actually started a thread over on the 11 Second Club, which ended up being starting a whole new section specifically for um, short films. And then I started one at CG Society again. And then, so for a while, I was kind of just juggling those two threads. And, and a bunch of people joined up, and we were just emailing each other backwards and forwards. Okay, so that, that brings up another uh, question for me, because 
it seems you've got a lot of animators. Is that because of, of your joining the 11th Second Club? Or did you get them from CG Talk? Because, I, I, like, everyone I know that has done a collab on uh, some of the other forums have had a difficult time finding animators. Mm, well, it's funny. I've spoken to another couple of um, short filmmakers, and they said they struggled too. I think they struggled because they were using different software, like using XSI or the other one was using um, Lightwave, and it's harder to find people with those particular um, skill sets, uh, whereas I chose Maya, which is very commonly used, especially amongst aspiring animators. That, that, thing, that sort of made things easier. But apart from that, I think it just kind of comes down to the fact that I made appealing characters uh, that I and I designed them specifically, knowing that they, these would be the kinds of pe- characters people would want to put on their showreels. So that that was one big thing because I knew I had to attract a lot of animators to uh, help me out on it. But in the end, I wasn't really that surprised. I got a lot of animators and. I'm not the only project now that's attracting animators faster than um, all the other skill sets. It's actually been the easiest area to recruit for. Where is, where is that coming from, that activity, would you say, most? Where are you getting, finding most of those people? I wish I knew, you know. I, I actually put up a um, poll at one point to ask where people were coming from. I was fully expecting to hear that they came from CG Society the most and maybe uh, the 11 Second Club, but nobody takes CG Society, which I thought was very odd. Um, not everyone responded, obviously, but um, they seem to be coming from lots of different directions. I know I get a lot of traffic from the 11 Second Club, so that's clearly one thing. And that's that's purely an animation form. It is, yes. Yeah. Well, so, I, think, I think you're probably right there. <laughs> certainly, we were getting um, animated. I mean, as I said before, the we didn't even advertise for animators until... Well, to be honest, we haven't even really bothered to advertise for animators much until early this year. And we already had almost 100 animators signed up before we'd even um, started animating. And that was just from people kind of word of mouth, seeing it around and signing up throughout 2009, really. Right. There has been a lot of word of mouth, though. I do hear that. Uh, sometimes I've asked people where they've come from, and they'll say, oh, such and such had told me about it, that kind of thing. And I, I noticed you're using Ning. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a chat, actually. Uh, the last couple of podcasts we uh, published was uh, with two other Ning creators, and it's just proved to be a handy base for the entire project. Just because it's very visual, it allows you to put up picture galleries and video galleries and all that kind of stuff and has a feed on the front and it's it's familiar to people because it feels like facebook right but it has been a good base for us um it's not 100 percent perfect and you know if you're going to design a site specifically to run a project there would be things i would definitely change but as a free base from which to build it, it's been pretty good good yeah i uh, i checked that out and actually we had we had looked at that for other projects previously too, and I liked how it worked as well. Yeah, and it sounds from your I, I listened to part of your last podcast. It sounds like you met a couple of other project leaders on that community site as well. Um, I think well, Bob was the first one because he joined up with our team first. And uh, so he was telling me from the beginning he was interested in starting his own film, but he'd like to help me with mine for a while, and that was fine. Um, so I guess he learned from what we did right and what we did wrong and started his own one. And then um, and after him, uh, Jess started her one up as well. So, yeah, it's been very interesting um, keeping an eye on them and seeing how they do things differently because there have been some things that they've done that I've learned from. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's one of the nice things about collaboration. You want to see the different takes on it, and you, you can pick up little things that work for you and kind of keep refining Yeah, well, talking to them, we kind of hope that we might be able to share our talent base around a little bit as well. So um, once I started running out of modelers, uh, models to do for example i start when new modelers would sign up i would tell them to go over to the other two websites where they'd probably find um more work well i, I think that's that's really good that you're doing that you know it's it's kind of 
something that probably should broaden out a lot more on places like CB Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been quite, quite a few debates in the past about that lone wolf kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to share what I'm doing or I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in limited ways people will share a tutorial or something, but to, to even share people that they're working with and say, hey, go, go help these guys on that project and to offer that kind of assistance. I think that's really, that's admirable. Mm. Well, it's just, it's one of those things, a lot of these projects, people tend to try to keep them really, really quiet, and it is the old traditional way of doing things. But my attitude was more that I would rather get the thing made than worry about intellectual property rights or something like that. Because at the end of the day, if someone comes along and tries to copy the project, they're just going to be a poor copy and it's not going to be the same way. It's not going to be implemented the same way because it's the implementation of this project that's going to make it stand out. Do you think, do you think that's maybe part, part of what could help people to maybe be able to accomplish a bit more? Because I'm thinking the same way. Like somebody can take your ideas, but you're the only one that's going to end up doing them way, the way that you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you know, and I think other people maybe don't don't realize that. I don't know if it's their own insecurity or paranoia, but you know, even if somebody, t- it, in fact, in my mind, once you put it out in the public, you put your stamp on it as your project. Who's going to steal it anyway? Mm. It's a hard kind. Well, of that's the other thing. If you go super public, like I'm going, um, I've got a lot, hundreds and hundreds of, uh, well, thousands of uh, witnesses to see that I did it first. Exactly. So if someone else goes along and tries to copy it at this stage, um, then they're not going to be received very well. So there's no real benefit to trying to copy it at this stage. Yeah, well, I think that's that's a really good point. So, uh, you know, if people can think about that a little bit more, maybe that would help to, to loosen up, mm. uh, get some of these projects more out in the open, because I have had that discussion with people in the past the concerns of not showing it till it's done for that very reason they don't fail mm. well it's been pr- principally because we're actually showing it as we go along that we've attracted lots of good talent though that's the other thing because how do you show people that you're making progress um if you're keeping it completely under your under wraps all the time exactly you know, one of the things i really enjoy doing is updating I, i'm updating this thing constantly in the edit uh, i'm in front of me, it's as updates, up to date pretty much every single day as it can be. And then I put out a version as often as I can manage on my schedule. Uh, it was about every two weeks, but it's almost gotten to the point where I'm almost occasionally putting one out once a week. And that shows a lot to the team because uh, everybody gets to see what everybody else is doing on a regular basis. And I think that's really, really encouraging. You know, I, I've noticed your, and that's part of probably getting uh, more active input and having people join the project from having your constant updates. Uh, I know I've seen that with other projects of my own as well. Yeah. If you keep that flow going, it, it keeps building. It's just something that's hard to, to keep going, which is kind of back to my original question, you know, when the reality kicks in of how long or how much time you have to put in mm. to do those updates, to do all those edits and posted and put comments in and, and you know advertise on all the different forums mm. or organize all the personnel that you're working with and I could see you're putting a ton of energy into it mm. actually one of the things I'm interested in you've been on the um, CG Society thread for a really long time um, how far back do you go <laughs> uh, I think it's like seven years now or something like that since I started doing projects well, then you'd be a very good observer because one of the things was when I was starting this um, and I was talking to people that were more familiar with CG Society than I was. I mean, I'd been on it on and off over the same period of years, but I'd never really been on it that much. And I was being told by people who were on it all the time that these projects start all the time. They start their thread in that section on CG Society and they would usually die. And I was just told, it'll never work, you'll never be able to do it, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. What's your feelings on it? Has that always been the case? Or has it just been that, you know, certain people stand out? Uh, I I would say, you know, the the large percentage of 
projects that start, yeah, they, they don't finish um, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think you're, you're, you know, you got to be a high, high, highly motivated person. You have to be doing it, not just, I don't think you do it just for the project, but the complete project, but just because you love, like you said at the beginning, you love doing what you do. I, I did it because I like working with other people. And I like the, the unknowns that working with people from all over the world brings into a project. But I don't have a short, you know, get the project done approach because I just I can't do that anymore. I don't have the time or the energy. So if, if you're willing to, to do the long run, I think you can be successful. But that's hard to do, to keep, keep motivated and keep going. So... Have you noticed many uh, projects succeeding? Any particular ones that stand out? Um, well, there are some. I mean, if you go back to the August, I think it was August 2005, 3D World did a, a complete article on uh, collaborations and some of the successful ones. One of them was, uh, and it's actually up on collabunlimited.com, one of the featured uh, groups that completed was a, a Star Wars fan film. Um, you know, and there's a couple others, but they put in a fair bit of money as well, so it was kind of like a mini, an actual mini production. Right. Um, but for little little projects that are, you know, free, basically. I, you know, I have to really think about that. I, there's been successes, like, I mean, we we put out in Shiro Project, we put out a bunch of little clips, and that was our goal, so we accomplished that. We considered that a success. Mm. But for the groups that are actually putting out full-blown animation, you know, you kind of... I know of one individual that did it, and there's there's other groups. A lot of them come out of colleges, or, or you know, they're working together with people on site. Mm-hmm. But I'd, re- I'd have to go back and check. I can't think of offhand an online collaborative group that had a so the stuff you're doing does that tend to be just little you just do specific clips or sequences that's what it is now I you know because I think you, you realize how huge a job it is to do it and I think even when you're starting at the beginning to get to the end is is monstrous like I mean by the time you get down to rendering even and you, you know now you want to render an HD mm. in to realize how long your frames are taking to render and then you have to do passes so you know i think on the one minute clip we did one of them there was something like i don't know forty thousand frames or something like that it was i think it was even more than that oh wow with all the layers yeah and you know and then you've got to get to composite it and do all the rest and edit it and post your sound and I mean, it's a it's a huge huge project. So, mm. like, I, I kind of suggest to people that are doing a project, don't keep working on it all and then come to the end and find that out. Like, get most of your assets going, and then take like a minute or thirty seconds and run it right completely through the pipeline, right to final render, mm. everything. Yeah, well, that's something we're kind of part way. Through doing, we we got a couple of shots that were rendered, but they're not rendered in the way I would say is final. Um, what we're now trying to do, actually, on mine is do a teaser in the next couple of months, uh, which is only a portion of the shots. It's about thirty seconds of footage, and so that will be the first thing to push it all the way through lighting and rendering. So yeah, we haven't quite faced that demon quite yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think you know that's just part of it, and and then. If you're working, I mean, wow, you've got all that extra on you. Like, I remember the one-minute one uh, render sequence clip we did. Um, I was getting up at, like, 3 or 4 in the morning to check the render. Mm. So, you, know, you can only do that for so long if you start burning out. So I'm beginning to dread the uh, rendering stage. <laughs> broken renders and everything it's all coming back <laughs> well I'm sure you guys will work it out you, you've seen that a lot of people uh, they probably rely on it to help with that but that, that's one of the hurdles um, so yeah I would say CG Talk especially it's it's been pretty littered with unsuccessful projects in fact 
even a, a, a bunch of the uh, moderators had started a collab project to kind of show that it could be done. And it, I don't think it's been done, so it's not an easy thing. You know? Okay, well, back on your project. So you mentioned your pipeline was Maya. So that is that basically the only application you're using. During the modeling stage, we had a few people from XSI and Max do some models and then convert them over for us. Um, but yeah, we pretty much have been mostly Maya because we knew we'd have to be Maya in order to go through the Maya, so the animation stage. Right. So have, have you got an established uh, standard then for your rigs or are you letting people just kind of set it up how they like? Pretty much. Um, we used uh, Setup Machine and Face Machine to do most of the rigging work and then did custom stuff on top of that. But what we found now is that while we tried to make various different recent-ish versions of Maya work with our rigs, like we, we had a few people on Maya 2008 and things like that um, through to 2009, and, and we were trying to get those sorts of people working together. But we, increasingly we found there were too many bugs trying to work across too many different versions of Maya. So we kind of had to version lock to Maya 2009 it saves us an awful lot of trouble because we were just spending way too much time trying to figure out why bugs were occurring or errors were popping up all the time in order to support all these different platforms. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I've often heard that and experienced that too. In fact, yeah, setting up when you're doing like a multi-app pipeline, setting that up in itself is a major undertaking. Absolutely. Pretty well, like you said, yeah, you want to lock it down then and keep your versions. Mm. Except that what the interesting thing that happens is that during 2009, it was easy enough. But after 2009, it, it becomes harder to encourage people to not use the latest version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the trouble is, as soon as one of us starts using 2010 or 2011, the rest of us are going to have to do it as well. And it's hard. it was hard enough the first time around to get people to version lock into 2009. So now, in a way, we've got this scenario where there's a little bit of a race. You, you kind of want to get through most of the animation before too many new versions come out because some of these animators are bound to end up trying out newer versions and won't want to go back. And once that happens, they'll just look to other projects that are using the newer versions. That's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just, just as a quick uh, tips, advice on the animation, and since that's that's your profession as well, and you're you're dealing with it now in the project. Uh, so basically, you found good success with locking in on one application, which makes total sense, and then locking into one version. Mm. Do, you have, do you have any other tips or advice on the animation end? Well, a lot of it really comes down to what kind of animators you're going to work with and whether you can figure out how good they are and what their communication skills are. Top of my list is always communication because, well, for starters, let's just jump back. When somebody approaches us and shows their portfolio, if you can see that, that that person has got themselves a website they've published to Showreel, then there's and they've got maybe a blog or something, it's actually a really good start because it shows that they are the kind of person who is all about showing their work and putting it out onto the internet. Uh, whereas other people who have come on board and they try to email me a 50 megabyte uh, showreel or, or say that they're going to post me something, you know, it's not a good start because generally speaking, you kind of know that they're not going to be very good at staying on the website and push and telling people what they're doing. Because the people that are on the website regularly updating things, sharing what they're doing and talking to other people are the most productive because that's the easiest way to keep everyone going, you know, and encouraged and moving along. So when they sign up, that's what I'm looking for is people that are sort of openly able to discuss. And, and then I encourage them to start talking to me or introduce themselves and, and interacting with the rest of the team. And if they're able to communicate clearly like that, then you know that there's a chance that they'll be a good team member. And the people that aren't able to do that in some capacity are usually not worth pursuing too much because they're more likely to be a drain on the project than, than sort of plus it. 
Um, so, I mean, just partly is the recruitment process that takes a lot of time and effort, and you've got to, and it takes a bit of refining to figure out who the best people are and who the best and what the best way to bring them on board is. Fortunately, I've had a fair bit of ex- experience with recruiting at various different companies I've worked for, so I already had a bit of an idea of what I had to do for that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a valid area to to think about. So kind of getting off the track of animation but that's okay because it, it is an important uh, area and uh, yeah I, total, I totally agree I, can't, I think you see people go through different phases with that I think because some would rather work than talk but mm-hmm. yeah I think what you said at the beginning is, is important for uh, not only the, the people running the project and I mean if people want they should look at what you've outlined you've got a lot of information um, when I was looking around, I saw you were on different uh, fundraising sites trying to raise some funds for your project. So you're, you're definitely posted in a lot of different places, and that's important for the yeah. project lead. Um, but then I, I really know what you're saying, too, about people applying. Like, if you don't even have a website, I mean, how much energy have you put into it? Because these days, it's easy, right? Yeah. If someone hasn't been able to put themselves a showreel together, that's usually a really bad starting point. <laughs> yeah, no showreel, no website. You know, that's 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 tough. Yeah. Mm. So good. That's a good tip for for in general for everyone. What would you say uh, for you have been the biggest challenges about uh, this collaboration, and and also maybe the the biggest. Uh, benefits or joy you've had out of that? Well, biggest challenges, um, I, I was talking to Bob about these ones. Uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that sort of starting it off is the biggest thing because it's like hitting a blank page um, and and putting that, all that creativity onto a blank page and just starting the thing off, you have absolutely no idea what way it's going to go or what's going to work and what's not. You might have some preconceived ideas about how easy it's going to be to do certain things, uh, but then it always surprises you as you go along. So starting it was the hardest thing. But once there's a, cert- a certain amount of it is done, it gets easier because you're just incrementally adjusting your approach as you move along. So once it got going, um, it wasn't so bad. Uh, the other thing that I thought I always found was really challenging was just changing my own attitudes about how present I was on the internet because for a long time I worked for a company that didn't even have the internet and we didn't have email and I didn't have very good internet access so I wasn't used to being on the internet all the time and uh, reading every single article and having much of a presence out on the internet Uh, and suddenly this project in some ways has forced me to be more vocal go out there to sell the project and and in a way it was a little bit against my own but nature to be turned myself into a bit of a salesman in order to keep it going uh, so that's been the other big challenge and good uh, I, I think that's true for most artists probably to, to pitch your own work or your own project uh, it would almost be easier for us to get someone else to do that but I, I think you've done a good job at that it's, it's pretty professional and clear I hope so I, I, I still keep tripping up occasionally but I'm learning <laughs> well I, I kind of remember your first post on CG Talk uh, and I think some of your video links were like downloads or something so you've come a long way from there because uh, most people won't, won't wait for a download I know I won't uh, you know now with streaming and you know quick connect, quick uh, feeds coming off video it's, it's changed a lot so I think you've done a really good job of that so on the on the other end uh, what would you say is the most rewarding I love seeing the rest of the team doing good things. You know, there are there are some teammates that joined us and you would have had no idea that they were going to be doing what they're doing now. People who at first you could look at their portfolio and there was only a hint of some potential there, but they were passionate and they just rose to every single challenge that they were given. And at each time they do that, I tend to reward them with something a bit more interesting and a bit more challenging and some of the people on the on the team have just done really incredible stuff and they're still and they're still sticking with the project in some ways it's actually 
and this is kind of a mix of good and bad for us really is is uh, some of these people have obviously done enough for their portfolio that they've gotten a job out of it and when that happens it's it's obviously a mi- mixed blessing because i have to say goodbye to them but at the same time i get to say well well done <laughs> sort of thing and, and i try to encourage them to um tell the team their successes and, and say oh you know sorry i'm moving on but i've got this job here or something like that because it encourages everybody else to uh, to move on as well and um yeah it's been interesting that uh, obviously when, when someone comes along and they write to me and say oh sorry i'm gonna have to stop doing this because i've got this job is it's like mixed blessing i have to you know suck it up and say well congratulations <laughs> well you know honestly i think that's probably uh something something that really will, will help increase people's desire to be part of the collaboration you know cause on the one hand you have the have the projects that have failed and that's something i've been kind of trying to champion for years is, is and that's why i wanted to interview your project and mm. because there isn't a, there isn't really a spot where you really get to highlight see highlights of, of that kind of success with online projects. So I think that's that's excellent. If you're doing your job right, people are getting hired, <laughs> and, and you're losing them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but definitely definitely a blessing. Though. Okay, so in conclusion, what would you uh, what advice would you give to anyone that's thinking about? starting a project maybe they've got an idea for a little short film and they want to go online and post on some of the forums and get some animators and models and so forth mm-hmm. well first of all it really helps if the idea is as uh, tight as possible but inevitably what happens with these things is that it's hard to make the idea completely 100% there until they've started getting people involved in in order to have that back and forth process so at least get to a point the best you can, um, you've presented your idea in, I don't know, a written form um, with some sketches of what you have in mind. Um, but then when you're actually pitching it and you're starting a thread, I think what's really important up to that point is to justify who you are and what your skills are. Because who wants to join up with you and rely on you as the director if you haven't got some level of experience to show that you've done it before? Uh, so a lot of people that are doing it have actually got industry jobs, but they don't mention that, and they should do really. If they can show that they did, uh, they've worked in you know whatever companies and they've done this, this, and this. Uh, the more that they can show that they've or, they've got the skills to do it, the better because that puts faith in the director. So in a sense, that first post has to be all about building up an enormous faith in both the project and the director and if they can do that then uh, there's always a chance that it's going to take off Um, but i have to admit i've seen a lot of posts where people have said i've got this idea they've written a paragraph about what their idea is and then they just said now i want a load of modelers and animators get in touch and i'm surprised if they ever hear anything because how do you know that that person knows what they're doing yeah that's i think that's very good advice in fact uh I, I too would encourage people uh, if somebody is thinking of joining a project like that, somebody's posting information that they do some research on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when I'm looking up information on you, it's pretty simple these days. You just type in the project, the uh, person that's starting it, punch in their uh, online name. Different posts will come up in forums and so forth. And, you can you can find out what they've been doing. You can find out even a bit about what the personality is like, or, or like to work with. Uh, yeah, easy to get along with or not. So, yeah, that's a good point. Like if you if you do a search like that, you find they haven't completed any of their previous projects. You can save yourself a lot of a lot of time with staying away from them. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, one quick question I had was I, I was interested perhaps in you telling us about um, Collab Unlimited and what your goals are for that and, and perhaps what's your little one-line pitch sort of thing for it. <laughs> yeah, Collab, Collab Unlimited was kind of an outcropping of the desire to, to work with different people online. And I think 
also I, I got a taste of you you and the other two you were talking to in that round table feeling the same. I mean you you've kind of met each other, you all do projects and you can kind of bounce ideas off each other. But how how easy is it to find other uh, team leaders, other project leaders to do that with? Well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you had uh, like a portal or a community where your project, all the different those other two directors could have their projects. You could have a resource where you could communicate with each other mm. about you know software pipelines, uh, how to organize teams, how to manage teams, all those types of things, and then have also uh, you know people coming in and get them through learning how to work on a team. So if they don't have a website that they want to do in the project, help them get their website up, help them work through those steps to get to be reliable, to get to be somebody that's valuable for a team. And ultimately the goal I had in mind was to get those people to the point where you, you see what happening on your team or industry people come to and say, wow, these guys are really uh, talented and good on a team. So let's uh, get them in for an interview and hire them. Yeah. Well, so, of course, what we used to have was um, AnimWatch. But uh, when that project, when that website went down, uh, which was just about when I was starting this, uh, there was suddenly no single place to go. And the closest to that was the CG Society threads. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've been on CG Society, like I said, for years, and it's not, I don't think it's the best place for collaboration. I, I'm, I've stuck there because it's probably been, over time, the highest profile place, and that's where people end up coming. Um, I think now that's maybe changed a bit because there are a lot more forums and communities like Nick and so forth. Mm. But I think it's still one of the premier places for CG, so it's valuable. But there's definitely more of an individual kind of take on it in the CG talk, I think. And that's part of what I kind of was hoping to change with Lava Limited, to not so much highlight the rock star mentality where you front page uh, artists based purely on what they can achieve technically or artistically. I, I was hoping to have highlighted people, have people highlighted and, and basically almost front page for being good team workers, you know? Mm. Like, you look in the industry, most of the people that do the hard work are not even in the credits, you know, when you're watching a film. No. You know, for people to come out of a place like CD Talk and to expect, you know, to get all the glory for themselves and that type of thing. I, I find that type of person hard to work with. I'd rather have somebody that's maybe not as skilled, but that really uh, knows, like you said, how to communicate and how to take criticism well, how to a team, reliable, all those things. And that's not something I don't, I think that's not something you learn on a forum like CG Talk. So that's uh, that's kind of some of the that's some of the things that I wanted to develop in Lab Unlimited. But uh, it took I think it's taken me over a year just to get the framework of it all developed, all the programming, and get it set up properly and I think I just have been running out of steam. I, we had like 200 people sign up. Oh, I think it was over 200. Seems to be a magic number. <laughs> and uh, I, when it was ready to roll, I sent out a couple of newsletters and we only had I think we had like a handful of people actually come back and show any real interest. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to put another push on it in the next half year or so but I don't, I, sometimes I wonder if the time is right for something like that you know if people are just happy to work off in their own little corner and do their own thing and just communicate once in a while instead of having a community that actually I don't know I think there's there's two schools of thought there's the <clears throat> there are the people who want to work exclusively on their own stuff and they don't want to be dependent on somebody else in their free time, which you can kind of understand. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started it was to have something that I could have some control over um, in my free time. Sure. Um, but I've been really encouraged to see 
how many people have signed up and they're just saying, I'll do anything because I'm looking for production experience. And if you run the actual project as close to a studio environment you could online, then you're effectively teaching them how to um, handle their first job anyway. Well, yeah, that's exactly you know what I was hoping to achieve too. And to have some kind of a, a review system as well, I think would be valuable. Where you could have uh, you know industry people that are recruiters come in and say, what's what's this guy's rating? You know, what's what what do the people that are you know producing the output as, as the community leaders? And of all those things, and I know people balk at like a rating system, but I think it would be kind of value to people in the project, but also getting higher uh, through the industry. Like mm-hmm. even on on uh, the projects, the VFX projects I've been working on now on my own project, I have quite a few industry pros that work on the project, but I've also had recruiters contact me. So I'd like to, I, I'm not able to be hired out by those people right now to let her on the project. I'd be happy to help them to get connected with those Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's part of the thing that happens with me is that I actually have recruiters tagging me all the time, and I have to uh, sort of say, well, I'm happy as I am. I'm not looking for work, but if uh, you're interested in this kind of person, then I would recommend this person and this person. And I often forward those emails on to some of my teammates. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think, you know, what I, what I, again, back to what Collab Unlimited was about, that was, those are all different little things that I think would be nice to, to see condensed into a, a community or more. Because mm. we're doing that individually, but. I mean, it's, I think it's so much more energizing when you have, for instance, like us talking. You know, now we know we both do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that inspires me to, to do it even more. You know, and it just kind of feeds that process. So even when you're tired, you, you keep it up and start to peter out doing those little extras to help others out. So that's, that's I guess, the, the bottom line on that. But how it develops uh, next, we'll have to see. Um, it's got a lot of features on it that I think are pretty innovative. I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking that isn't, it hasn't existed before, but it's using uh, stuff like Ustream and uh, live video feeds, stuff like that, to help people to work together online so they can see each other. You know, basically that type of thing. And well, it's just bringing them all together into one place so that people know where to go. Yeah. I think I think what I have to do is, you know, I guess it's the same problem with the promoting yourself thing. Um, you know, I, pro- I haven't done the best job maybe in uh, promoting the site. I, I have to get, get uh, I've been meaning to get some videos done on how it actually functions. Mm-hmm. And I get that out. But... It's, it's pretty hard to, to gauge it, um, again, on CG Talk, because you don't get a lot of feedback often. You'll get a lot of hits on your, your thread, but very few people comment, so you don't really know, you know, are they are they thinking this is developing as a good idea, or they, if they don't like it, or... Uh, so. Mm. I think I think when when you've got multiple projects going, you know, I put that amount of energy for for over a year getting all that stuff set up. I just kind of got tired of it when I had such a small response, and I thought I'll put it aside for now. Well, you will get good response out of doing a video if you were uh, if you've got some features you want to show off. I would definitely recommend doing a video, even whether it's a screen capture as you show it, or you just talking into a camcorder or something. I've found that I've had a lot of it's, – it's gone a long way to fill in the gaps because I could have written a whole website. We, we could have had a forum that was just text-based. We could have built a forum that was entirely based on text like a normal forum like CG Society. But I think it was the fact that we were very visual. We had galleries of images and that I made introduction videos where I was up on camera explaining it in person. It just – people are not necessarily going to put a lot of effort into your website when they first find out about you, but they don't mind sitting there and watching for a couple of minutes a video, um, which goes through all the steps. Yeah, well, part of the problem, too, is 
the amount of time and energy working on the, the uh, projects I have going. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's looking quite cool, by the way. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're just shooting some pickup shots now to try to edit in and uh, getting some more tracking in. So. But, you know, while we were doing that, because traditionally I always have a, a really slow time as soon as we start animating. So I actually started <laughs> pre-production on the next project. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just my way of doing it. I think that probably confuses people too because they're wondering, like, which project is this now? Because <laughs> here, you know, one's in a garage and this one's out in like the in a in Alaska or something out in the snow. <laughs> I can understand how, yeah, they, it could be viewed as conflicting. But I mean, if you're already used to a lifestyle where you're always doing side projects like this, it makes more sense to overlap them a bit. I think so, yeah. So, you know, and I've kind of gone through all those other roles and ways of, of doing it, but now it's kind of like I just, I don't have as much time or energy, so I'm just doing kind of projects that I think are cool. Mm. It might not even really have a storyline. I don't really care as long as the end product looks neat. Like it's almost, you know, like a, a, a short, cool commercial or something like that or a music video. Mm. That's, that's what I'm shooting for and, and then to do it to as high a level as possible mm. I think was, was what interested me as well mm. and again like you have you know the cool thing is you don't know who you're going to work with like we had uh, we had people from ILM and Ubisoft I never know how to pronounce that Ubisoft or Ubisoft I've heard both <laughs> Um, and uh, we had Victor Wolanski from fxphd.com do some tracking and we're still in contact so you kind of develop friendships a bit through that too and uh, it was kind of cool because he like there was a big job for tracking footage he did an incredibly complex shot it doesn't look like it when you see it but if you actually know what it takes to track those kind of shots it was very complicated and uh, the one, one set of footage he actually is used or was using I don't know if he still is he was using it in his uh, I think it was either synthesizer or PF track I think it was PF track he was using it in the advanced course and he said you know it probably caused most of the students to have a meltdown because it was not easy, easy to track but so that was cool and actually that brought in uh, some other people that because he put a shout out that if they wanted to join the project to give me an email and you know who would expect that when you start out I, I just when I started it out I just said I've never I never done a full VFX shot before and I you know I just I knew I tackled different projects that were complex and I thought well I'll just do this the same way I'll learn what I need to know and you know people will offer help on the way and that's what's been so exciting about it and interesting because here you have these kind of people come come in and show an interest Mm. you could have never guessed that at the beginning yeah appreciate the feedback on that no it's cool Uh, I mean I'm going to be keeping an eye on it I'm I'm, I always check in on um the other projects that are popping up on the 11 second club and cg society and, and try and have a flick through i have to admit though it's harder to judge the progress of a project when it's in just a linear form because you skim through page after page and they're just bunt, lots and lots of text and um without a gallery or somewhere like that to go to but you've got a gallery so it makes it easier to see what you're doing yeah, you know, it's funny. It's hard to, to do that in a way that everybody can get. Um, like the, that last, the VFX1 project, which is that robot in the garage uh, setup, I went to a pretty well full video. Mm. Yeah. So every update is a video update. Yeah. But still, I still have people saying, what is this about? And <laughs> you know, what's going on here? And like uh you know click on the first video <laughs> yeah i get that too i mean at the end of the day it when people come to these things they don't uh, instantly read everything you've ever posted <laughs> definitely yeah so it's like, how do you figure out you know how best to lay that out I, I haven't figured it out yet like i think on the next one what i'm what i'm gonna do is uh kind of do again what cg talk does i guess for when they do a challenge you have your thread and it'll go on linear but then you always put your latest 
updates on your first post. You know, and you hope people will go to that first post. <laughs> I, I think you almost on every post have to say, you know, go to the first post. Because people will still be wandering around trying to find their way when you end up with such a big project. Mm. So much information. Like Shiro Project, we had a separate forum just for that, and it had, I forget how many threads and posts, it was huge. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to manage all that and organize it. Which is part of the reason I think now I'm more interested in just doing stuff that's that's kind of cool. We don't do a lot of communication. You just have, you know, maybe two or three at the most working on it at the same time. And it's it's more a long haul project like that. VFX One is going to be coming up on a year already. We want it to be done this spring, and you know now we're doing pickup shots, so it'll probably be another. It might be this fall before it's really you know getting done. I guess I guess what I'm doing, you know, hoping to do with my projects, I'm, I'm enjoying them more, so it keeps me going. Um, but I'm trying to do them at a very very high level, and I think that's what has drawn the interest from also higher level professionals. And not to criticize, you know, amateurs, but I think now I've, I've done projects with. With a whole variety of different people, and it's just—it's nicer to work but for now, anyway, with, with somebody that you know produces what they say they're going to produce. Like uh, most of the people I work with now, I don't have to worry that they're not going to—they're not going to do what they say, mm-hmm. which I, I found in the past was kind of a problem. Like you said, you spend so much time organizing someone, setting them up with files. You know, and, and getting to know them a bit and getting the workflow started and they get going and they get halfway through and they drop it. And then you've got to start the process again. So yeah. I found that difficult. The one thing is that the people you're working I'm working with now, they're in the same boat as me. They can't go at it full tilt. So it does have to be a longer timeline because they're doing it in their evenings and on weekends and on other weekends. And that's greatly appreciated. I really uh, realize that's a lot of effort on their part, especially somebody like Victor, because he's, he's working full-time, and then he's teaching at FXPHD.com. Plus, he came in and volunteered and helped out on my project. So, like, those guys are very, very rare. And I, I just think it's, you know, I've, I've really been blessed with getting a, a chance to work with some of those people. So... Anyway, I probably should wrap up here. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you again, and uh, we'll try to talk again sometime. I definitely am following your project too, and I wish you the best. Cool. Uh, well, do you want to um, tell us the, the names of your websites so that people can find you, and I'll, and I'll do the reverse as well. I mean, in order to find Devils, Angels, and Dating, it's just devilsangelsanddating.com. The main uh, network site is collabunlimited.net. Um, my personal site is like seven years old, <laughs> so it should the new version of that should be rolling out in the next month. It'll be at softdistortion.com. Gotcha. And the portal, there's a separate website that I've set up just kind of to be a portal to uh, of information on collaborating and interviews, and and this interview will be on there as well. It's at collabunlimited.com. Right. Excellent. Well, it's been great talking to you. You too. I hope you have a good uh, weekend. Thank you very much. I'm going to get on with my animation now. <laughs> For your updates online. All the best. All right. I'll speak to you later then. Have fun. Bye, Mike. Bye. Devils, angels, and-